0: Welcome to Leadership Life Podcast. I'm Kelly Boo your reality check mixing leadership theory and practical application together that fits into our daily actions. Let's dig in. We're gonna talk about a topic that some people disagree with. A lot of people wanna bash their bosses and blame things on their bosses, but there are a lot of great leaders out there that are trying their best and trying to be there and supportive for their teams. So we're going to talk about leader low, that boss burnout that we get into when you're taking all the hits and trying to be there for everyone, yet you're drowning. Let's just put it that way. I was that leader. If this is your story, let's listen up because here's what we're going to do to dig ourselves out. So some of the signs of this leader low or this boss burnout is loss of passion. You used to come in with some pep in your step and ready to make an impact and now you're just kind of drag yourself in the office or you drag yourself into that team meeting and you have a complete loss of energy. You might have brain fog or fog brain or zombie mode where decisions are hard to make. You can't really think clearly. You're having a hard time memorizing things. These are all signs, cognitive signs of burnout. You might be getting overwhelmed with the little things. Certainly we all get overwhelmed when there's a lot on our plate, but little things are coming in. And they seem so extreme to you than years before and then another big sign is you're disengaged you're going to meetings you're taking notes but you're not really engaged in the conversation you don't have a sense of care of what's going to happen in the decision you don't really want to contribute to the conversation you're becoming disengaged now this has a ripple effect and this is why i'm doing an episode on leader low is the ripple effect of leader burnout is huge Worker burnout costs a lot of money on the medical side and productivity on turnover, but leadership burnout is huge. The ripple effect of a leader burning out or potentially leaving is huge. It goes to their team. It goes to the people they serve. It goes to the people watching them. The one thing about leadership is you're put on this platform for everyone to see your behavior. So if they start showing behaviors of irritability and disengagement, guess who's going to follow Everyone who looks up to them, everyone who wants to be them, everyone who's watching. If you see them with a loss of passion, it slowly drains the energy of other people like a poison around the workforce. And the sad thing is, this is when you're a leader, so most likely they're a high performer. Most likely you chose them for a reason to lead your workforce. And now, because of that low, it's spreading like wildfire. So we need to make sure that we're taking care of our leaders. Or if you're a leader, this is how crucial it is for you to move from burnout and back to energy, is that ripple effect. Now there's five things that you can do to stop and reset to kind of regain that energy that you used to have and that passion. But it does take some action. And I don't want you to get overwhelmed with these five. I just wanted to give you as much as many resources as possible in order to, in order to move forward. Number one is what's the expectation and what needs to pause? Sometimes we continue on with the chaos and most of those things can wait because of the chaotic nature. It was maybe part of the plan. It maybe was an objective that we had in the beginning of the year, but then things come up and we need to shift. We need to reevaluate what is on the workload plate and what can wait. So what is the true expectation from your boss, from the company? And what needs to pause. And the beautiful thing I've seen this in some of the clients that I worked on burnout prevention task force with them is they actually paused some of the manager tasks and had them just focus on their people. Because burnout is so widespread and that ripple effect can cause so much damage, they said just manage your people right now. All the other things that we had on your list don't do, just manage your people. Now that is leadership because people management is the most expensive financial task in the workforce because people employees are the most expensive asset in the company so if no one's managing the people you're losing a lot of money whether you see it or not whether you see it now or later so what is the true expectation of what you should be working on and what else needs to pause at this time that's not a great feeling because most leaders are high performers and that means you need to back off on a few things but if you want to gather the survivorship mode you need to windle things down. So the first one is, what is the expectation and what needs to pause? The second one is, when's the last time you had a conversation with your boss on prioritization and your workload? That's a hard one, right? Because we basically have to say, I can't do it all. And that's almost like a failure statement, but I want you to recognize that isn't a failure statement. A failure statement is, you don't have this conversation, you burn out, and now you have to leave the workforce, you have to leave your team, you have to leave the people you serve. That I consider failure. And that's where I was, is I got so bad, I physically couldn't even go to work anymore. Because I didn't want to have that conversation, because I didn't want to see be seen as weak. And what I've learned through my recovery, it is not weak to ask for support. It's not weak to have a conversation and say, I need to reduce my workload because I see the direction I'm going, and it's not going to have a good ending. So we need to reprioritize, remove some workload, and move forward. Now, I think that when you go to your boss, you should have some options or solutions ready because you do know that your boss probably has similar burnout symptoms or they have other things to do. So to get rid of that mentality that you have in your head cycling around that they're too busy for you is come to them with solutions come to them with options and plans to move forward now I want you to create two different solutions temporary and permanent so temporary is what are we going to do right now because the worst response I got when I finally started talking about my burnout was we just need to get through the next month we just need to get through the next couple months we just need to get through the next quarter we just need to get through the next year it was an awful response because when you're in survivorship mode, you just want help. You just want support. You want it to end. And so that comment is not helpful. It's not constructive. It did not change my temporary situation. So what can you come up with to make sure that you can survive the long haul to a more permanent solution, which might be hiring another person or promoting someone within your team to a lead or removing a piece of workload and systemizing that's more permanent solutions. What temporary could you do right now within the next 24 hours, within the next couple days to remove this workload? It's important when you are in burnout that you don't focus on the permanent solutions, you focus on the temporary ones or you're not gonna make it. So number two is, when is the last time you had a convo on prioritization and workload? Come with solutions on temporary and permanent plans. The third one is, what what are you doing? You, you listening. What are you doing that's contributing to your burnout? That's a hard one, right? But man, when I reviewed my last couple weeks before I completely crashed, I was hitting McDonald's on my really stressful days, and I was getting that hot fudge sundae with fries, dipping it in there. That was like my coping strategy, like like a cigarette to me. It, w- it just felt so good after I got it. I had complete lack of movement. I stopped going to the gym uh, because I was so busy. I stopped taking breaks because we were so busy. All these things were basically feeling a fire in my body and my mind when it was so strained already. So what are you doing to contribute to your burnout? Do you have lack of movement? Are you feeling with the poor stuff that your body is already strained and is seeking? It's seeking the the good stuff. Are you ignoring breaks? Are you working through breaks? Are you eating at your desk? Are you eating at meetings? And I'm not saying this shamefully. I literally did all these things. I was you. So what are you doing that's contributing and how can you make space to get back to those things? I always wonder if I kept going to the gym and releasing those stress cycles. If I didn't get into those poor body fuel habits. If I actually took a lunch break. If I would have ever burnt out. It's just something I think about because there's so many contributors in the burnout. But... Those ones are huge kickers in a strained body that's seeking help in those areas. So number three is what are you doing that is contributing to your burnout? The fourth one is what is in your control and act on it. When we are in burnout, we go to fight, flight, or freeze mode. That's survivorship mode. That that body strain that everyone's a threat to us. But what we don't realize because we're in that mode is we actually have a lot of control. We have control in the dysfunctional relationships at work and how to make them functional. We don't have to be their friend. We don't have to go for drinks with them afterwards, but we do have to have a functional relationship in order to meet expectations of our roles. So for example, there was a department that could care less, about one of the tasks that I had, but it's important for my role to have that task done. Unfortunately, I couldn't perform that role without them. It wasn't high priority on their list. So what I actually did is I had a conversation with them talking about the importance of it to my role and what we could do different in order for them to contribute it in their role in which it was low priority. And we actually just came up with a two-step program. It was like an end of the month report type of thing. And it took him about an hour every month. So what we did is we did a two-step program where he would run it the second week of the month and then he would add in the last two weeks of the month and it would be a full report perfect it took way less time and then eventually our long-term solution was we systemized it so that he didn't have to do it at all and I could just hit the refresh button and it would grab the data I need so I could have left it dysfunctional I could have left in that stress mode of that relationship that this person is not helping me out this person is not getting what I need he already knows I need it he's doing this on purpose he's out to get me But I know that that is not how a functional relationship should work. And it only causes me pain. So I just went up to them. Impersonal. Completely not personal conversation. No judgment on his role or how he does his performance. It was all about me. And what I needed at the end of the month. And how we could get there together. So move dysfunctional relationships to functional. It will make your life a whole lot better. Whether whether in burnout or not. Finding out proof that you are safe is going to be important to move you out of survivorship mode. And the last thing that's in your control that I want to identify is healthy boundaries. If you are already overwhelmed, do not look at your phone after work. Establish healthy boundaries that I work during core hours, I do not work evenings and weekends, if that's your shift schedule. I was so overwhelmed, but yet I would check my email all night long. I would respond to emails all night long, which therefore then they would respond to emails all night long. And it was this vicious cycle where we were just feeding each other's stress addiction of working all the time. Do you see how dysfunctional that creates out of nowhere? We don't have to do that. Unless you are an emergency contact role, we don't have to do that. I was an emergency contact role, but the things I was emailing about wasn't an emergency. It could wait till 8 o'clock tomorrow. And if it was emergency, they would call. So I truly don't need to go on my email at all on evenings and weekends, but I did. Do you see how much is in our control and yet we don't want to attack? So understand that phone use and working a lot is an addiction. Excessive phone use is an addiction. Working a lot to avoid other issues going on in your life is an addiction. These are all healthy boundaries that you have not set. And I'll tell you, when I learned how to set these, it was freeing. I woke up so fresh. My brain was ready to go versus, oh, another day of work. Well, that's because you worked all night, Kelly. So create these healthy boundaries to check out. Work to live, not live to work. Number five was, when are you going to do it? When are you going to stop and reset? You can listen to any podcast episode you want. You can read an article on the internet. You can Google burnout But Nothing will happen unless you take action. I will tell you it takes one small step of trying one of these things anything in my podcast and You start to feel that momentum you start to feel just a little bit of liveliness come back And then you want to do more so then you do more and then you want to do more and then you start running with things So when are you gonna do something? When are you gonna act? To move back to energy and here's what I want you to do. I want you to identify three different areas. Take a piece of paper, put two lines through it so that you have three sections. Top, what are you going to do in the next 24 hours? Are you going to set up a meeting with your boss? Are you going to create healthy boundaries where you do not check your email at night? Do you just not even bring your work laptop home or take email off your phone, get permission to take the email off your phone? What are you going to do in the next 24 hours to support moving from burnout to energy? The middle, category next month within the next month what are you going to do are you going to have that conversation with your boss are you going to get back to the gym are you going to start packing your lunch full of good stuff instead of hitting the mcdonald's and and have sunday drive-through and then the bottom category where do you need support if you say well i don't have support kelly well then i know you're in survivorship mode because that's exactly what i sounded like But if I would've just had some conversations and used some resources that I had around me, I may have survived. But instead, I didn't take action, so I went further into the darkness of burnout and had complete physical collapse. And I'm so thankful I caught it because I was about two months away from having a heart attack at age 35. But I'll tell you, it all starts with action to move back to energy. So on that piece of paper, you identified at the top next 24 hours what you're going to do, the middle portion within the next month what are you going to do, and the bottom portion where you need support. Take that sheet make a plan and act. And I want you to focus on your team. I want to focus on the the people you serve and, and what you might be doing to them in this burnout state. I know that's a, that's a very that's a very different way to look at it, but most leaders are people pleasers. They want to fix the workforce. They want to lead people. They want to make a difference. So I'm going to tell you, focus on what you're doing to your team in this state. Do you think they want a de-energized leader? Do you think they want a burnt-out leader that can't make a decision? Do you think they want a leader that shows up and is so against creativity and change because they just want to do their job today? No, no one wants to work for that. People want to be inspired. People want to dream. People want to be supported, but they only can do that if they're leaders on top of their game, which means they're healthy, which means they're taking care of themselves. You can't be everyone's everything if the cup is empty or overfilled or cracked. So what you need to do is make sure that you're taking care of yourself. And the awesome thing that happens because of this ripple effect is they'll follow suit, which means you're going to also have an energetic team because they're going to be focusing on self-care conversations with their boss, going to the gym, fueling with the good food. Monkey see, monkey do, right? So if you can't find motivation in yourself to get better, I want you to focus on how that matters to your team and the people you serve, the ripple effect, when you get back to energy. If you're struggling with this, I want you to go ahead and grab up the Compass program for for an independent program to move from zombie mode back to liveliness. Or schedule a coaching session with me and we'll work out a plan. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you hit the follow button so you don't miss out on all we have to sort out yet. Share this podcast with others to bring leaders clarity to this crazy, fast-paced world we live in today. Make an impact, lead from within, and you can't go wrong.